Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to episode number 182 of The Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? This is Chris Tripodi, and I'm joined by Tony Pauline, as always, and we're back again with another great guest for you on the show today. Wide receiver Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan will join the podcast this week, and we'll chat with him about playing both sides of the ball during his Broncos career, COVID-19's effect on the Mac, and his impressive Senior Bowl week and Pro Day. Tony, Hopefully this interview doesn't go by as fast as Eskridge does. And hopefully he doesn't run away from us like he did at uh, all the defenders at the senior bowl, because that guy was uncoverable. I mean, he had a terrific, it wasn't really a senior bowl week because only practiced for two days, but the two days he was on the field, he was just beating uh, defenders left and right and really built a buzz about himself, which we'll talk about uh, when we get into the interview. We'll see if he runs away from your uh, obligatory track and field questions, Tony. Uh, well, you know, a fast guy like that, obviously, is going to be a sprinter, and that's what, uh, that's what he was in college. Now, we'll get to this week's show in just a minute. But first, a word from our newest sponsors. I don't sleep well, but I'm really good at staying awake and staring at my ceiling. So I'm always looking for new ways to keep it together. I hit it's the pillow, and bam, my mind races to what I didn't do, what I need to do, yada, yada, yada. Relatable? Yeah, it sucks. Fortunately, Sunday Scaries makes products specifically for overthinkers and night owls like me. Sunday Scaries CBD gummies help you decompress, clear your head, and fall asleep so you can actually wake up a fully functioning human being. And there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. If the product's not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries is in the stress-relieving business, after all, not the stress-causing business. Don't believe me? We've got 25% off to prove it for you. So visit sundayscaries.com and use promo code TONY for your discount. That's promo code TONY, T-O-N-Y, for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're amazing, and you won't regret joining their squad. Tony, when's the last time you went fishing? Last time I went fishing was probably when I had a full head of hair, and God knows when that was. Well, Tony, we're just here to get you back into it. Not your hair, of course. And that's why we're excited about our newest sponsor, Monster Bass. Monster Bass is the fun and affordable way to get the best new baits from the fishing industry's top brands delivered to your door each month. Monster Bass is a premium subscription fishing company that handpicks the best baits based on where you live and fish. No more guessing on which baits are going to work. Just leave it to the pros at MonsterBase. Basically, it's like having your own personal fishing guide, and it's changing the way bass fishermen shop for baits. They're quickly becoming the number one fishing brand of anglers everywhere. They've got the best baits from the best brands, and you're covered by the industry's best customer service. So if you want to catch bigger bass this season, head over to MonsterBass.com. And use the code DRAFT10 to get $10 off your first box. Sign up for Monster Bass now. Now, it is our pleasure to welcome onto today's show wide receiver Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan. Dwayne, 
Welcome to the Draft Analysts, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. Dwayne, it's a pleasure to have you. This is Tony Pauline. We're going to enjoy talking to you tonight. Dwayne's coming off a sensational senior campaign at Western Michigan and then really built a buzz about himself for two days of practice at the Senior Bowl where no one could stop him. Now, Dwayne, in addition to football, you were a sprinter at Bluffton High School in Indiana, a surprise to nobody who's ever watched you play the game. So you won the 100-meter, the 200-meter, and the long jump multiple times. How were you able to translate that track speed onto the football field? Um, it, it was definitely a difference, um, but I feel like it came easy when it comes to what type of athlete, athlete I am. Um, I feel like I'm more of a football player than a track guy. I was just very good at track when it came to the sprints and the uh, long jump. Got to ask you, Dwayne. Now, I myself am a former track guy. I actually trained for the Olympic decathlon for 11 years. So what were your marks mm -hmm. like in 100 meters? Uh, my fastest time was a 10 5 And what about the long jump? Um, I think my furthest was a 24-foot. Did you get recruited for college uh, for track and field? Did any schools come uh, come and give you offers for uh, for track scholarships? Yeah, it was light though. Um, my my GPA I did didn't match up to some of the colleges, uh, so a lot of colleges really just allowed me to focus on football. You and I have a lot in common in that regard, buddy. <laughs> so. So yeah, I, want, I wanted to play football anyway. I didn't want to run, a, uh, want to run track in college anyway. Now, sticking with the kind of recruiting theme here, really only recruited by two schools for football, both of them in the MAC. Why did you choose Western Michigan over staying home and going to Ball State? Um, well, Ball State, they didn't really do anything after they offered me. They just basically offered me, and then I didn't really communicate with them um at all after that pretty much um so then came western michigan <clears throat> and like i said um i had some gpa troubles so then when western michigan came in we implemented a plan to where i would be good for my first year and not have to gray shirt if anything were to happen um so i was i just stayed loyal to them like they stayed loyal to me um during that year and a half uh process was western michigan a school that was always on your radar uh, I actually never heard of Western Michigan until um, I got the offer. Now, you were a running back in high school. You moved to wide receiver when you went to Western Michigan. And then as a junior, you moved to quarterback on the other side of the ball. How did those position switches come about at the time each happened? Um, yeah, when I came in at running back uh, my freshman year, 2016, uh, we had probably some of the greatest running backs to ever come through Western Michigan on that team that year. So they just did some experimenting, trying to get speed. Um, on the outsides and the slots and things of that nature. Um, and I ended up winning that. Um, I looked the most natural when it came from switching from running back to receiver. So then, you know, Coach Flick, he always has something up his sleeve and it works out in the long run. So, you know, I ended up moving to receiver that year. Um, and then when I moved to corner my true senior year, um, it just came about with Coach Lester. We had just had a conversation about um, the NFL wanted me to show more versatility seeing if I can do certain things. Um, so we ended up talking about it, and then I became a corner, played both ways that season, um, became the best corner and the best receiver on the team uh, for 2019 season. Did you like playing cornerback? Yeah, I felt like it, it fit my persona when it comes to how I play on the field. Um, I was the boundary, so I was doing a lot of blitzes, a lot of man coverage, so I felt comfortable going over there. Now, were you aware that some NFL scouts were grading you at cornerback after the 2019 season? Yeah, it, it did surprise me because um, I, I kind of I, I surprised myself more 
sort of anything that I actually honed in on that position and that amount of time that I had. Um, and there was a lot of potential at that position. So I wasn't surprised. I knew I could play the position, but I just knew I was always built for offense instead of just being predominantly on defense. Want to go back to your early part of your career at uh, Western Michigan, PJ Fleck. You guys, I believe, went undefeated. You played Wisconsin in the Cotton Bowl of 2016. What was that experience like? Oh uh, yeah, that's probably one of the best years of my life that I can that I can remember, um, vivid. Uh, so I, I definitely learned a lot from that coaching staff that year, um, and it was great football experiences. You know, I came to Western Michigan in the MAC. You know, we were going all across the country. Um, playing games, going to the Cotton Bowl, won the MAC championship. So it was a dream season. You know, I got a lot of memories from that year. Now, four games into the 2019 season, you suffered a clavicle injury. Did you give any consideration to entering the draft after that season? Yeah, I did, um, just because I didn't, I didn't necessarily know what was next when it came to if I can play or if I can't play because of eligibility. So I definitely, I definitely thought about it and I was willing to because um, my whole thing was – somebody would want me on their team. Um, I knew what type of player I was before I got all this hype this year. So I was, I was willing to do it, but um, it was just a couple things that happened at the right time for me to, uh, to stay. So I finally wanted to just check that box, but I was willing to. So now you stay for the 2020 season. You're getting ready for, the two, for 2020, and boom, COVID hits in the spring. What were your thoughts <laughs> first in, in terms of how it may have affected your senior season? Um, I mean, I, I knew that I didn't, I didn't at the time, I didn't know anything about what anything was going to happen or anything like that. I just knew that I was in the same boat as every single senior that was in college football that year. Um, so that kind of alleviated some of that stress as I wasn't getting left out. So when the world comes back together, you know, I still, I found the way to work out and be, become the best, um, become better during that COVID time. So I knew once we, we put the pads on again, that I would be ready whenever that time was to come. Now, speaking of getting ready, how did the pandemic affect spring ball and summer workouts at Western Michigan? Um, so we actually got through the full spring ball. They literally, um, they canceled football on the last day of spring practice. Um, so we got through spring ball um, and then summer workouts. It pretty much wasn't nothing. I think we started back up in like August, not even August, maybe like September, October. It was sometime during then. Just two quick questions. First, spring ball of 2020. Were you solely playing mm -hmm. receiver or did you play any cornerback at all? It was our receiver. Um, I, I kind of pitched in sometimes uh, doing one-on-one -on -one reps uh, when it came to DB, but it was, uh, it was our receiver. Now, the MAC was one of the first conferences to announce postponement of the season. I believe it was the first mm -hmm. week of August. They said, you know, we're going to delay the season to the spring. What were your immediate thoughts when you heard that? Um, really, what's next? Like, what can I do to be able to pad up this season when it comes to transferring to a conference that is playing? Um, so I was just soon as soon as they soon as they hit uh, they hit cancel, I was thinking of Plan Bs, Plan Cs, Plan Ds. Um, just trying to figure out where do I go next. Did you really go through the process of of transferring to another school that was playing uh, in the fall? Yeah, I was doing my due diligence. Um, when it comes to what would it look like? I, I, I first attacked uh, where I would fit in in the country. So that was kind of a lengthy process since I had time. Um, and then figuring out all the X's and O's when it comes to will I be eligible since I didn't graduate? What could I what could I squeeze in here to be able to play this year? So it, it was a tough process. So I didn't really, I was 
really breaking the surface and there was a lot going on. So I really didn't even get a chance to go all the way in deep, which I'm glad for. Now you mentioned plan B's and C's, et cetera. Was there like a plan E or F where you would have actually stayed and returned and played in the spring or was that completely off the table for you? Yeah, I, I wasn't playing in the spring um, at Western Michigan. What about returning for the 2021 season if you were to skip the spring or again, just go straight to the draft? Uh, before I did any of that, I would have just went to the draft. Yeah, I would have just put all my rocks in the bucket and went about my day, gave it the best I could. Now, you, you know, once the fall season kicked off for most of the other conferences, the ACC, the, the uh, Conference USA, there were a lot of mm -hmm. talks and it looked like the Big Ten was getting a lot of pressure to uh, start their season at some point in the fall. I, mm -hmm. I know that there were a lot of talks between MAC officials and the schools. And I know that some of the players were involved in those talks about having a delayed start to the season. Were you on mm -hmm. any of those calls? Um, I wasn't on any of those calls. I, I was told uh, by someone in the conference that MAC officials told everyone that if they started the season in November and then mm -hmm. played only three or four games and had to shut down the season because of COVID, they would not play during the spring. Was Did you hear anything about this? Yeah, I wasn't. That's my first time hearing that. That's crazy. <laughs> 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 yeah that's that's nuts um yeah like like i said um like to kind of mitigate the stress during that time you really i, I really canceled out all the outside noise you know i just attacked every day um like i was gonna play every game and then if it so happened that it would be canceled i would be ready for it and not surprised for it so i really didn't listen to anything when it came to anything about covid or shutting down or starting back up if they gave us a game that's all i was worried about now, obviously, you were able to kind of compartmentalize all that and, you know, do mm -hmm. that before the season was back. But then once the season comes back, you know, all the uncertainty with cases and testing from week to week, what was playing the season like in terms of being able to kind of, you know, keep that all together? Yeah, it was it was definitely probably the hardest season um, that I would say I've had to face when it comes to all of the extracurriculars um, when it came to like the testing. Um, the mass everywhere, um, the meeting rooms, we was, we weren't even in our meeting room. We were in like, uh, like the lobby of the stadium. So we would just set up different stuff to where it'd be six foot distance everywhere. So it was just a lot, a lot of guidelines that we had to get through on top of knowing everything we had to do on the field. So it was definitely tough, but I'm glad I went through it uh, just because from this point forward, I think that'll probably be the hardest season unless, you know, we figure something out. Now the season ends, Western Michigan goes four and two and there was no bowl game. You already mm -hmm. said that, you know, you had basically made the decision. You're going to go to the NFL. You're not going to return uh, to Western Michigan in 2021. Was there any, mm -hmm. I don't want to say pressure, but did the coaches try and push you or, or talk you back into returning for the 2021 season at Western Michigan? Um, I, it, it was a, it was a good understanding um, from both ways. Um, I have been here for five years, so they we we had discussions when I told them exactly how I felt, you know, and they they respected it and accepted it. So it wasn't really any pressure when it came to that. Now, speaking of the season, I mean, you essentially doubled your production from two years prior at the receiver position because you really put up mm -hmm. similar numbers besides, you know, eight touchdowns instead of three in really half the games. Mm -hmm. So you have kind of expressed throughout this interview that you were confident in the player that you are. Did you expect to have mm -hmm. the season you had in 2020 heading into the year? Most definitely. And I still think I could have been better. Now, what gave you that confidence? 
Um, really just I knew exactly what I had to do. Um, came off the injury, you know, so I was already at a different mind state than I was before. Um, so really like this whole quarantine, like it it, it gave me an upper hand and gave me an advantage just because I'm gonna find a way to continuously grow and continuously get better in my position. Um so during that time, you know, I was just finding different ways. Um and then coming into the season, coming off of that injury. You know, just going through that spring ball and then going through that camp uh, whenever we had it. You know, I just knew, you know, because I had to have a breakout season eventually. You know, it was it was it was waiting to happen. It's been some years that passed and injuries that happened. And now you said that uh, it could have been even better. What do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. uh, it was it was just some stuff that I um, I could have cleaned up uh, when it comes to uh, the production that I had. So it wasn't perfect, but it. It got the job done. You know, we got we got more of a seal in the kitchen now that I'm going to the next level. The the Mac had some pretty decent defensive backs in the conference. A lot of guys that uh, you faced off. I'm going to give you five names, and I just want you to give me like one line or two about the skills and about how when you faced off of them. So the first guy I'm going to ask you about is, is Manny Ragamba of, of Miami. I've never actually went against him. Um, he was there. 2019, that's when I got hurt. So I watched him play, um, but I, I never got a chance to play him. How about Antonio Phillips of Ball State? Yeah, I played him uh Ball State. Uh, he was pretty good, lengthy guy. Um, yeah, he has my respect for sure. How about Amici Zudimna? I think I, I know I, I butchered that name, but uh, a junior from uh, Ball State. Yeah, I would probably say he was probably my, uh, my favorite DB to go against this year. You know, we kept it to a competition level, then get into all the extracurriculars, and he's a he's a heck of a player. So I I got he he had, I tip my hat off to him. Did you play against Sterling Weatherford of Miami at all? I didn't. Okay. Uh, matter of fact, I did in two thousand and eighteen, I believe. Um, I do remember that name. Um, yeah. I think I think I, I remember he was one of the corners, so we we went against each other. I don't really remember too many specifics. Got it. But. I want to ask you about two of your teammates. One who mm -hmm. uh, participated in the Senior Bowl with you. First of all, Jalen Moore. Mm -hmm. Just tell us a little bit about Jalen Moore. Oh uh, yeah, that's my guy right there. You know, that's my roommate here at school. Um, and we were, we really were the ones that fed off of each other during COVID, you know, when it came to having an advantage over everybody that was around us, um, either other, even the other teams too, you know, so I would say he's a reflection of me and I'm a reflection of him. So. Want to ask you about a guy, I believe he's going back for his second senior season. Uh, someone who a lot of people don't talk about is one of my favorites, or he was in 2019, pass rusher Ali Fayad. What do you, what can you tell, tell us about him? Oh uh, yeah, that's another one. Um, that's high on the list as well. He just has a, he has a crazy motor, um, and I definitely feel like he slept on. Um, and I'm excited for his process to start because I think it, in a sense it'll be similar to mine, just when it comes to opening the eyes of people outside of just our Western Michigan fan base and everybody else. So yeah, I have a lot of confidence in him as well. They mentioned you and and Jalen kind of pushing each other and and kind of competing and stuff like that. How did you guys kind of go about that? You know, coming from a standpoint of hey, let's you know we're both we both have next level futures. Let's let's get there. Yeah, I mean that was that was the main focus. So you know we attacked that you know every day uh, from uh, pretty much. I had went to Milwaukee for about a couple months to be with my girlfriend during the real COVID time when it first happened. Um, but when we got back and we had those about two, three months, um, everything was intentional every day when it came to weightlifting, when it came to how we were eating, 
you know, we came up with a whole lot of blueprints just talking to each other. And, you know, we, we just got the job done. We did exactly, we knew exactly what we need to do and we did it. Now back to some of the players that you faced when you were in school, but more at a team level, what would you say is the mm-hmm. toughest defense that you faced in 2020? The toughest defense? Um, I would probably say Ball State. I would probably say Ball State. They were they were they were a pretty solid defense. Them or Toledo, especially in the secondary for Ball State, like the guys you mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Yep. So after the season, you get an invite to the Senior Bowl, which obviously this year holds even more importance with um, you know the combine canceled and everything else. Where were mm-hmm. you when you found out that you were heading to Mobile? Um, it was actually after the Central Michigan game. Um, they had Coach Lester that gave me the invite right after the game. Now, what was that kind of like? Um, well, it was a great experience because that was one of my better games. Um, I had, like, I think it was like four catches for 200-something yards. So then it happened to be I had got the invite um, the week prior, and they waited to give me after that game. So it was just special that I had a great game. And then um, I was able to embrace that with the team um, once I got the got the recognition that I was going to Mobile. Was the Senior Bowl something that you pointed towards before the season? You know, did, were, you, were you aware of the significance of the Senior Bowl? Say, you know, one of my goals is to get an invitation to this event? Yeah, it was definitely a goal because um, I had saw that I was on some watch list. So as soon as I saw that um, and I was seeing some of the players that were going – you know, I, I, I knew I fit the quarter, um, but I didn't really I didn't really press too much when it came to that. Um, I really wasn't too worried to get it. Honestly, um, I just I just had to do everything I had to do to be able to <laughs> basically get drafted this year. Uh, so I was focused on that more so than anything. I didn't understand um, how important the senior ball was until I went to the senior ball. What was it like? Give us an idea that you get to the senior bowl and you're like, wow. I mean, uh, a lot of people in the league, a lot of decision makers, a lot of the guys that are going to have input on uh, where I'm going to get get selected. What was the whole senior bowl experience like for you? It was a great experience. It was a great week. Um, you know, good to be around the top tier athletes um, in my class um, and also the Dolphins and the, um, the Panthers coach coaching staff, you know, it was just good to feed off of them. It was great energy down there when it came to the people that were there, you know, so I, I fit in perfect when it comes to the competition and how we practice. So it was a great experience. You know, I'm, I'm definitely grateful that I got the experience. And obviously you're able to work with several different quarterbacks down there. Which one threw the mm-hmm. nicest ball? Um, I'll say Ian Book. I like him a lot. We actually had Ian Book on here and we had a couple other uh, senior bowl uh, participants on here. And when we asked them the same mm-hmm. question, they all seem to say that the Ian book threw the most catchable pass and the nicest throw. Oh yeah. Khalil Herbert said the same thing. Yeah. Now the next thing is who was the toughest opponent you faced all week in the one-on-ones or, or the scrimmages? Um, I would say Trey Brown or Thomas Graham. I, I like those guys a lot. They got a great motor on them. Um, and they, they probably gave me the, the most troubles. Now, you didn't really have many troubles. Maybe they gave you the most, but the whole week, you know, you were standing out and received some really high praise pretty much across the board from the start. Mm-hmm. Did you realize that you were creating this kind of buzz around yourself? Um, I mean, I, I didn't really realize it too much because, um, like I said, it was it was pretty much busy the whole time down there. I did see my social media is going crazy, um, but I didn't really have time to just get into all of that. Um, so later on, once I found it, it was pretty crazy um, the, that I was a name that was being mentioned a lot. 
So it, it was definitely cool to see. Now onto your pro day here, you ran a four, three, eight, and you said that you were actually disappointed by that time and thought you could have been about a 10th faster. Have you ever run mm -hmm. a sub four, three, 40 yard dash? I haven't. Have you ever come close? Um, I ran a four, three, three, my junior year. Now you, you said you, you, you thought you could have run a, a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. Was it, was there an issue with the start where you, where, were you unable to sustain your speed in the last five yards? What, what did you, where did you think you could have improved in that 40? It's all about angles um, and horizontal force when it comes to 40. Um, so I kind of got, my angle was kind of more vertical than horizontal in the first 10. Um, so I definitely lost some time there. Uh, and that's pretty much all I lost time. My, my up top speed is, is, is pretty elite. Um, yeah, if I, if I could have been better with my angles, I maybe could have, could have ran it, but who knows? No, I'll never run it again. <laughs> so what you think, so what you're saying is basically you may, you may have popped up a little bit too high out of your start. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. When it comes to, when it comes to just pushing force back. Um, so it's like a lot of, it's, it's very detailed when it comes to like the knee drive and pushing back instead of placing down. Um, so I kind of place down more so than I push back. What was your uh, broad jump mark at, at Pro Day? Do you remember? 10-4. Right. Now, Zoom interviews. Obviously, it's a different world right now. What has that process <laughs> been like compared to, you know, maybe what you would have thought going in with in-person interviews with teams? Um, it's really like another job, honestly. Um, all day getting calls, getting texts, um, getting prepared for Zoom meetings. So it feels like it's another way of life now. Um, instead of us playing football right now, I think all of our time is invested in interviews. So, you know, I got to embrace it either way. Uh, I'm sure, you know, uh, during the Zoom interviews, they ask you questions about your college career, your coaching, it, you mm -hmm. know, different patterns that you run, different routes things like that. Has any team asked you like a crazy question that came out of left field that you didn't expect? Um, I wouldn't say so. Um, I, I really expected that coming into it um, to be asking crazy questions, but it's basically been more so just about the game of football and character. Um, nothing more um, than that. It's pretty much been basic same things over and over and over again. Now, are any of those questions, have they been related to you playing cornerback or that ability, or are teams strictly focusing on you as a wide receiver? Uh, they're, they're focused on all wide receiver, um, but it's a couple of teams that may not know um, that I play a corner or want to be, or are interested to hear more about me playing corner. Um, so, you know, we, all, we always get those, a couple of teams. Um, I can't even think of what teams that were, but they were, they were interested to hear that, that story part. Um, so, but who knows? Like I said, I got, I got it in my arsenal for, for that time if it does come. And now on these calls, are they doing a lot of board work with you or just strictly asking questions? Uh, yeah, we do board work as well. They, uh, they usually install a play, um, and then we watch our film. I have to reiterate it. So it's, it's a lot of board, walk as well. uh, board, board, uh, <laughs> board work as well. Little tongue tied. I'm a professional at that. Now, have any of these have any of these Zoom calls? Any of these teams talk to you about you know being a return specialist, either returning kicks or punts? Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much um, prevalent every single meeting. Um, we always usually talk about special teams or what do I see myself as or things of that nature. Have you partaken in any of the Zoom medicals? I have. And what are they like? Um, it's pretty much like a questionnaire. Um, they just ask us questions about 
medical history or things in my body, stuff like that. So it's it's pretty much basic. It's just like a questionnaire, but in person. They don't. They haven't asked you to say, you know, like uh, get on a stool, get stand up on something, and try and reach down or ch- test, try and do like a, a flexibility test while you're on the Zoom call. <laughs> no, I, I haven't heard that one yet. But I'm oh. glad you said that, just so I can have it mentally prepared. <laughs> For when it does come. <laughs> Zayvon Collins, the first round linebacker who we had in this program, told us exactly that. That's what they, they were doing, something like that. Wow. Yeah. It, it may be coming there for me. Now, kind of self-scout yourself a bit for us. Obviously, everybody knows that you're fast, but, and especially after hearing you speak, there seems to be a lot more to your game than just speed. So what would you say, and this can include speed as well if you want, what's the biggest strength of your game? Um... I would say probably dynamic um, within multiple positions. I can do multiple things. In terms of lining up outside, lining up in the slot, running different kinds of routes? Yeah, special teams as well. Um, I feel like I could be a great nickel as well. So I could just, I could, I'm very versatile, kind of dynamic and versatile, I would say is the the top one. Now on the flip side, what would you say is the one area of development that you need to work on to maximize your potential in the NFL? Um, I would just say, cause I still feel like I'm new to position um, when it comes to my uh, potential. Um, I came in as a running back, uh, I played DB as a, a college athlete as well while playing receiver. So I just feel like I'm just, I need to feed off of more people wherever I land to be able to learn and grow from them to apply it to my game. Um, I don't feel like there's areas of weakness. There's definitely areas of refinement, I feel like. Um, but I, I would say just learning more learning more things to add to my toolbox. Well, Dwayne, that's all we've got for you tonight. Thank you so much for joining the show and best of luck through the rest of the draft process over the final few weeks here. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Dwayne, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. It was enjoyable to watch you play this season. I'm glad we got to watch you play this season and then watch you during the two days of uh, senior practices. You absolutely are a player on the rise, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to hear your name called sometime during the first 60 selections of the draft in about three weeks. Yes, sir. God willing. Good luck to you, buddy. Thank you. All right. You guys have a good one. You too, Dwayne. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The Masters is here. Boy, it just seemed like a couple of months ago, Dustin Johnson was one of the Masters. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. If you didn't lose too much money on March Madness and golf isn't really your thing, there are always NFL draft bets. Tony, remember weeks ago when I said Trevor Lawrence was 50 to 1 to go first overall? Well, those odds are now 100 to 1 as they probably always should have been. Well, Chris, knowing that you are a betting man, I hope you went to bet online and, and got some got a wager in when it was at 50 to 1. I personally uh, personally did not. $50 to win $1, not my thing. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use our mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, Tony, very good interview with Dwayne Eskridge there. I was personally kind of intrigued by all the talk of him, you know, saying how versatile he thinks he can be, how maybe NFL teams haven't been talking too much about him at corner, but how he feels that he could play nickel at the next level. Uh, So that kind of stood out to me as far as versatility and things like that. What stood out to you? Yeah, absolutely. I am very confident in his athletic and football ability. 
Uh, I, I was, you know, it, it was almost like he was, I don't want to say challenging teams in this interview, but saying, Hey, listen, you know, if they, if they want me to line up a receiver on one set of downs and then play nickel or Dom on the next set, I, I'm ready to do it. And Oh, by the way, I can return and kick some punts for you. Yeah. I mean, that would be really intriguing. We haven't seen, you know, a legitimate two play player in, in a while. I mean, you know, obviously people are having thoughts, you know, of Deion Sanders and stuff like that. And obviously Deion had special speed, but Dwayne Eskridge has, if not the same speed as Deion Sanders. I mean, he's, you know, said he never ran a sub four, three forty, So he's not quite there, but you know, low four threes is still unbelievable speed that, you know, is going to play at receiver. It's going to play at corner, whether he's outside, whether he's inside, and obviously it's going to play on returns. So, you know, putting all that package together, you know, it's hard not to be intrigued because, you know, you have a guy like, I think, I think John Ross, when he came out a couple of years ago, they tried him at corner a little bit. Uh, I think it was one summer or something like that. Um, you know, cause he wasn't quite working out at wide receiver and, you know, that's just another fallback option for a guy like Dwayne Eskridge. If it doesn't work out at wide out. Yeah. John Ross was having trouble catching the ball moving forwards. I don't think he was going to do much better moving <laughs> backwards, but uh, as far as Dwayne's concerned, you know, uh, the fact is this is, you know, he said he was a little disappointed because he, he only ran a four, three, eight, uh, during his pro day. Well, he plays faster than that because we're seeing record-breaking times in many of these pro day workouts. And a lot of these guys don't play their 40 time. Dwayne Eskridge plays as fast, if not faster, than his 40 time. I, I think what will happen is, I don't know that they're going to use him in nickel dime packages at the next level, but you know, when you see it's a, a situation at the end of the half or even the end of the game where a team is just going to hurl a Hail Mary pass and they put extra pairs of hands out there, you know, to defend the throw. I, I think that's when, at least early on, Eskridge may get a chance to line up in the secondary. And you mentioned that he plays faster than his 40 time. I mean, you know, this is a guy who admittedly at the end of that interview said that he's kind of new to the position. Uh, normally guys who, you know, play faster than they run are guys who, you know, are very nuanced and, and have a lot of experience. And, you know, that's what kind of creates the play speed. They know where they're going. They know what they're doing. Uh, so for him to be able to do that without, the level of experience at the position that a lot of other wide receivers might have, you know, that's a scary thought. All I can tell you is this Tuesday and Wednesday at senior bowl practice, the guy was uncoverable. I mean, he was consistently two to three steps behind the opponent, whether he was getting separation through speed, whether he's getting separation through his route running, it was almost always a situation where the defensive backs were having to catch up uh, to Dwayne Eskridge. Now we'll wrap the show up in just a minute. But first, spring is here and summer is coming. And as somebody who takes his son out for hours long walks in Central Park every day, I can speak to how important a good pair of sunglasses is. It's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canon. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're also made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger. And Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch and take it from this pair of Italians. Use the exclusive code CANONCAST15 at canon.com and receive 15% off your first pair. That's CANONCAST15. Canon, clearly better. And that's it for the 182nd episode of The Draft Analyst, presented by Bet Online and the Belief Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us any questions and give any feedback you may have as well. Special thanks go out to Dwayne Eskridge for joining the show today. And we'll be back next week 
with more NFL draft coverage and likely another interview for all of you out there. Until then, on behalf of Tony Colleen, I'm Chris Tripodi. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.